Yep. Here's your problem. Morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And today we are going to have so much fun because I have a guest that doesn't teach social media. He doesn't, well, he uses it for professional use extensively. So join me, folks, in welcoming James Spann. Welcome, James. Deb, how are you? Oh, absolutely fabulous. I have a little frog in my throat, so quick, let me take a a sip of water. James and I um, met, actually, we just kind of brushed paths at uh, the Y'all Connect conference uh, earlier this year in Birmingham. And before we get more into talking with James, let me give you a little bit about his bio, because I was absolutely fascinated when I saw him speak at Y'all Connect. You know, it's it's unusual to have a meteorologist, which is what James is, use social media as extensively as he does. And he is currently the chief meteorologist for ABC 3340 in Birmingham, Alabama. He has also been at Montgomery, Dallas, and several other stations in Birmingham. He has received the two highest awards in the nation for a broadcast meteorologist, including Broadcaster of the Year from the National Weather Association. And he also received the American Meteorological Society Award for Broadcast Meteorology. And both of these were fairly recent. We'll talk about kind of why he won those, because I think social media might have played a role in those. James was elected to the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Silver Circle in 2013, which is basically like an Emmy Award for his profession. So that is just so cool. Readers of Birmingham Magazine have voted James as the best TV personality and even more importantly for us, the best tweeter in 2012. He has also been named the best weather anchor in Alabama by the Associated Press, and he's the winner of the Alabama Broadcasters Association AB Award for Best Weathercaster in Alabama multiple times over his long career. He also received an honorary doctorate of laws degree from the West, uh, the University of West Alabama. So I guess we have to call you Dr. James. Um, but you know, the, the accolades just go on and on and on. And so I want to go ahead and, and start chatting with James because as I mentioned, he uses social media extensively, but he is, when, when I saw you speak, James, I was just, blown over by how warm, how welcoming, how funny you were, and how touching it was when we heard your your personal story. So tell us a little bit more about your background and what got you into meteorology. Well, I'm just a weather guy, Deb. You know, and the first thing I tell people whenever we talk about this subject, I am not a social media expert. Never have been one, probably never will be. I just use it a lot. And I, I guess I've learned some things along the way. But, uh, you know, whether people are different, we're not journalists. Uh, we're not uh, trained in, you know, radio or television or communication. We come from a science background. Uh, my first major in college was electrical engineering, and mm-hmm. I finished in meteorology. And when you study 
meteorology and engineering. You don't know much about anything else. So that that's what I am. I've just loved weather all my life. Uh, I, I have worked in weather-intensive markets uh, through the years. Again, my home market is uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I uh, worked in Dallas for a while back in the 80s. But this is where I'm from, and, and mm-hmm. we have – probably some of the most diverse weather on the planet here, including life-threatening weather. So right. uh, it's just, uh, I, you're, you're talking to a weather guy. How about that? Well, you know, you're, you're very humble because I, of course, looked up your numbers right before we came on. And on Facebook, just on, on your personal page, you've maxed out at the 5,000 friends. But you do have, you know, hundreds of thousands more followers. On James's business page on Facebook, he is at almost 128,000 followers. On Twitter, he's at almost 105,000. And on Google+, Plus, he's over 10,000. So clearly, you know how to use this medium in a way that is providing information to people, whether it's life-threatening, funny, or you know, serious, all of those various things that come along with what you do. Obviously, you're giving people what they want, and they're connecting with you. I guess so. You know, I come from a ham radio background. I'm, I'm an older guy, uh, and when I was a teenager, you know, the, the Internet wasn't happening. I mean, it was happening, but it wasn't happening for the masses. And mm-hmm. uh, I got my amateur radio license when I was uh, 14, and still to this day, that that's my hobby. And I love communicating with different kinds of people in different places. And I, and I think that ham radio background, you know, kind of helped the, the career uh, because the, the key to success in, in my business, it's being able to communicate with people. And a lot of people that you're going to talk to, they don't look like you. They're not the same age you are. They don't live where you live. They don't talk like you talk. And, and mm-hmm. you've got to be able to be successful in reaching a really diverse group of people. And, of course, now – you know, with social media, it becomes a conversation. It's two right. way. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be able to listen and give the time it takes to respond to people and to engage people. And uh, I really think that, you know, just dealing with people well is probably the beginning of being successful in social media. I, I tell people this story all the time. Every summer I have interns in the office and these, these are kids that are majoring in meteorology. These are typically brilliant kids mm-hmm. that are in the science. And the first thing I do, I take them to a Walmart, okay, in a working class part mm-hmm. of our city, which makes no sense. They expect me to take them to some weather service office right. or the radar site. Or, but, but, but I do that to try and engage them in conversation with people. Mm-hmm. And they struggle. They really struggle to communicate with, uh, you know, maybe a 72-year-old African-American widow or a 45-year-old housewife or whoever. And Mm -hmm. I I try and start them on that process of learning how to interact with people. And ultimately, if you're good with that in the Walmart, you can be good with that on social media. Right. You know, and, and it doesn't matter if you're a meteorologist or a business owner. What you're saying is so true. You know, it's all about having those conversations with people. You know, a website is for one-way communication. Social media is for two-way. And the second you start ignoring that is when you start losing all of those people who are following you. Yeah, you know, I don't really understand a lot of – it seems like a lot of people, they'll open up a Twitter account and a Facebook account, and they're on Google+, and, you know, they're so excited – 
and, and people get on there and start asking questions, especially if it's a business. You know, they'll have maybe some type of uh, outage, a service outage, or they have a need, and nobody responds to them. And in mm-hmm. the same, it works the same way in television. A lot of these, uh, you know, people they'll get an account. And they don't ever respond, and, and, and they might post something every, you know, every three or four days. And my position is, if you're going to do that, it's best not to have an account at all, right. mm-hmm. uh, because it's just going to, you know, people are going to think, well, this guy's a jerk. He don't want to communicate with me. And I understand maybe you can't respond to every single request. I, I really understand that. I have a very mm-hmm. high traffic account, and I get a lot of questions. But I try my best to answer them all. And the biggest objection, Deb, that people always give me is that I don't have time. Right. Well, you look up busy in the dictionary and it says see me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I believe you said you sleep about three hours a night. Yeah, I, I start every morning um, a little before five. Oh. And in the morning I do um, work at home. I'm home now. I do mm-hmm. <clears throat> Internet work. I do the weather on like 27 radio stations around the country. Uh, we produce videos. We have a digital weather channel. I have a lot of work to do. Uh, and then I speak somewhere every day. In fact, when I leave here, I'm going to an elementary school to do a science program. Mm-hmm. And then I work the TV shift, which is 1 to uh, 11. And then after that, there's more products and services we have to produce. And I go to bed most nights about 1 o'clock. And so, uh, you know, I don't sleep a lot. But during this long day, I do my best to stop in the pauses and I, I answer questions and mm-hmm. listen to people and engage with people. And, you know, I, I don't understand this. I don't have time thing. You you, right. you have time to do things that are important. And if you're in business or if you're in the media like me, you better relate to your viewers and listeners and those mm-hmm. that read your products. And if not, they're going to go somewhere else. Right. You know, and, and I realize that for somebody who is a, a television personality, it, it is a little bit scary because, you know, there can be those fans out there that, you know, aren't the, the, the true type of fans that you want, but you still provide little snippets about your personal life without, you know, giving away too much to, to really let people know that you are one of us. And, you know, to me, that's what I love about when I connect with, with celebrities and with public figures. When they let us in on those little bits and pieces to show that, hello, they put on their pants one leg at a time. They get colds. They have, you know, problems. I love the fact that you talk about the fact that, that you lead children's worship service at church. You know, there's so many things that, that really a person can do to really connect with someone. I, I agree. And, and, and for women, it can be a little harder. I, I'm some old guy, you know, I mean, people don't care about <laughs> me, but, but for some of the younger women, there are some folks on the internet that aren't very nice and, uh, you know, that they have to kind of come up with their own guidelines and their own situation. But for me, I, you know, my, my door is open just about everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for, for us, one of the things we have to consider for our industry, Deb, is that our, our industry business model is dying. Right. Um, you know, it, <laughs> there's no beating around the bush. I, I don't beat around the bush anymore. It's dying. Now, now the business mm-hmm. is not dying. The business model is dying. Right. We and still it, need news. Right. You, we people, you know, need our products and services, but they don't really receive it like they used to. It's, it's like mm-hmm. the horse and buggy business. Now, that used to be a great business. I mean, it was good. <laughs> but look what you know, the people in the horse and buggy business, they're gone. But the people in the transportation business, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And we're just in the media business. And, and a lot of old school people don't like to hear me say this, but it's really true. And, you know, you can just see the, the revenues going down and the numbers going down and the traditional products and those are the evening newscasts you know and mm-hmm. i 
call it the Ron Burgundy newscast, which it is. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. did you ever see the movie Anchorman? Um, I you know and and I've seen it, and of course they've been in Atlanta filming filming the sequel. So you know. Yeah, well, you know, basically what we're doing now on television, whatever market you're in, you know, you turn on the evening news, it's the same stuff we were doing in the late 70s. And I, I've been here long enough where I started in the late 70s. So mm-hmm. Not a lot has changed. And, and, and I know there's some exceptions, some stations doing some creative things. But generally speaking, you know, who, who needs to wait until, uh, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night to get a, get the news? that They've received that news all day long mm-hmm. on their phone or their tablet or whatever, 24-hour news channels. Uh, who in the world is going to wait until, you know, 10 o'clock at night to get the weather? On right. television, they, they, they got it throughout the day. And, and, you know, that's just something we have to realize. And so we have to push the products and services that people want and need. And, you know, in our, specifically in our business, what's interesting, most people now get their, their first source of weather information is an app on their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, jokingly, those of us in the weather business, we occasionally call them crap apps because <laughs> they're not very good. There's no human involved in the process. It's, ta- it's raw computer model data that is, translated to a public forecast and typically what you do you look on that thing and you see a picture of a cloud or a raindrop or a little sun and it doesn't tell you anything like uh, where we are college football is a big deal and Mm -hmm. we uh, i provide weather support at the university of alabama football games by the way who was the top rated team in the country uh so there's 108,000 people at these games and that little app on your phone it doesn't tell you um you know when it's going to rain when it's going to stop Will it be heavy? Will there be flooding? Is there a risk of severe weather? Could be a, could there be a tornado on that day? And those are the products and services we provide. So people will go beyond that, you know, crummy app on their phone and, you know, get it through various channels that we offer that. So we provide very important services. But this old idea of people waiting up till the 10 o'clock news, that, that is bye-bye. It's long gone. Well, I mean, and it, James, it, what, what you don't know is that I was actually at the game in Birmingham on Saturday because I am from Colorado. I'm a University of Colorado and a Colorado State University grad. So, you know, couldn't pass up the chance to just have a a three-hour commute. I'd gone to the crap app, and it said rain. And I went, ugh, (laughs) it's going to rain for the football game. So so you, you were at the game in Tuscaloosa this past Saturday night? I was, but of course what I did before we left here was I went to your Facebook page. And I saw that you had posted that we were not going to have rain for the game. So I took a light jacket because kickoff was at, at 6 o'clock Central Time. So, you know, I, I knew it, was, it might be a little bit cool, but the rain gear stayed home. And not only did we not have rain, we had a gorgeous sunset. It was very pretty. But but exactly what you're saying is true. You know, if I had paid attention to even, you know, what they'd said on the news the night before or anything like that, I, you know, and, and especially the, the app on my phone, I would have not been appropriately uh, dressed for the game, which really was a lot of fun. You know, it, it was great seeing a Bama game. It was even better seeing my CSU Rams. But, you know, it 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 was exactly the thing that I did. I went to your Facebook page right before we left here to figure out what the weather was going to be for the game. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we have to be where people are, and they are mm-hmm. there. And, and by the way, I'll give you an interesting social media case study for that for the game. Uh, uh, I do, unless there's, now if there's severe weather, I'll be on that screen a lot. But I don't know if you right. saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I do this big thing on the big screen, like mm-hmm. right after halftime. And mm-hmm. 
Uh, I used it was one of the most stunning sunsets I've seen at a football game. And so I used images that people sent me on Twitter for my right. on screen updates instead of mm-hmm. showing weather maps and radar. The rain was over. I, I thought those images were more important to show than weather maps. Mm-hmm. And that that worked really well. And I can probably reach there's about one hundred eight thousand people at those games. And I could mm-hmm. probably reach over 50,000 of them at any time on Twitter. So we're going to do something fun next week. Alabama has another home game. They play Ole Miss. And I've been doing this weather support for years, but mm-hmm. we're going to do a, a, a Twitter fan of the game where Ooh. I'm going to tweet out, hey, if you want to be up on the big screen during James Spann's uh, weather update, uh, take a selfie, you know, you, you or your group, your family, whoever's there. Send it to me. Send me your hometown, and we'll pick somebody mm-hmm. at random, and I'll do a drive-home forecast just for their hometown and show their pictures. So we're, we're <laughs> going to use social we're going to use social media to make that segment more interactive, uh, which it. is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that's just one example of some of the crazy social media stuff I do. Guess how many pictures of the sunset I received from Bryant Denny Stadium that night? Oh, I'm guessing hundreds of thousands because it was uh, an absolutely gorgeous sunset. It was way over a thousand, and mm-hmm. th- these were people in the stands. Uh, and right. th- and the next day, I got more because a lot of people that have certain carriers. When you get one hundred eight thousand people in one spot, some of the carriers you just can't get data out. But I I'm noticed not gonna, that. I, I'm not going to trash any of them. But but it's funny. Late that night, the next morning, I got a lot more. But that that uh, and that's the thing, you know. Um, I love sunrise and sunset images, and that's part of what we do. That's part of weather, but. Other people send things to me that don't make any sense because I'm a weather guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have started, and I say they've started. This has been going on for years. Uh, traffic, uh, fires, you know, mm-hmm. anything that's going on, high-speed chase stuff, mm-hmm. they send it to me on Twitter. And, and I've always tried to scratch my head. Why do people do that? And, and what I do, and, and my problem was, Deb, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm a weather guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but. Years ago, I just decided that if I think it's useful for a majority of the people, I will hit the magic mm-hmm. retweet button. Right. If it's a major interstate closure, if it's, uh, say, a, a big fire that's affecting, you know, people are seeing the smoke plume. And mm-hmm. so here's a weather guy starting to send out news information and traffic information. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to spam people's timelines and they're going to hate all this. But. It hasn't slowed down the number of people that follow me. In fact, it's really increased dramatically. So what I, I've basically, in this market, become the town crier just mm-hmm. because I have you know over 100,000 people that follow me. And when, when I retweet this information, it goes out to the masses. Uh, I don't know why, but I have more people that follow me on Twitter than any other news organization in, in this city or in the state or, or any person. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't make any sense, but... I just use those numbers to try and help people. So that, that's one odd thing about one of the things I've learned about this is that I know more about what goes on around here than anybody else because people tweet it to me. Well, and I think why they send it to you is because they know that you are a good resource, you know, and, and, and you're trusted. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, we've seen people who have sent things out and it hasn't been accurate. You know, you know that what you're sending out is right. You know, there's been an accident. There's, you know, whatever. And, and you know, granted, you have the ability to, you know, to quick double check on, on some of those things if you need to. But people know that you have a great reach and you are a trusted resource, which is important for anyone. You know, if, if they're using uh, social media for business, that's what we want is we want to become that trusted resource. I send out other people's information about social media. You know, and people say, that's the competition. No, it's not. We all benefit when we get that information out there. And that's, you know, the the same way I think with with what you're doing. 
Yeah, and, and you know, my my purpose originally was just weather because this is a wonderful weather tool, and I'll talk about that. But but it's mm-hmm. become a lot more than that. We we had a uh, it was horrible. We, we had a large UPS cargo jet that crashed at the right. airport, the large airport mm-hmm. here in Birmingham, and um, it it was a horrible situation. And, and there were just there was a pilot and a co-pilot, and of course this massive amount of cargo. But it was at about five o'clock in the morning when the crash happened, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I was up, get ready for the you know morning internet radio shift, and uh, I had pictures. I had I knew more about that than anybody else. You go back and look at my timeline from that day; it was pretty remarkable. I had mm-hmm. firemen that were working the scene, that were sending photographs and giving me information. The dispatcher at the mm-hmm. Birmingham Fire Department was one of my Twitter guys, and he was sending me information. And they, obviously, that's a reliable source because they're there. Right. So mm-hmm. that's just an example of. You know, and it is trust. It's being a trust agent. It's doing the right thing. And, you know, a lot of people I know, they think, well, where's the money in this? You know, how can I monetize this? And that's mm-hmm. something for you social media experts to say. I, I've never monetized anything with social media. But for me, what it does, number one, it, it does, you know, bring in traffic to our blog and, and some of the products we can mm-hmm. monetize. Um, and it's just building trust with people. Right. And I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, you might go years without making a dime, but if you, it is currency that you can use later in your career or later mm-hmm. in your business. And it's very important. You, you will amass this large number of very loyal people and they'll, I'm just telling you, it, it's, it's very important. It, it, listening to people like you and the real experts, they need to because this is, you know, social media is a big part of how people communicate. It's a big part of people's lives, and you cannot ignore it. If you're in media, if you're in business, you just can't. It's a disaster if you do. Well, and it's funny that you mention that because I still hear weekly from people who say social media is a waste of time. And the the really bad part is I hear from marketing people. You know, you were talking earlier about old school media people. I have old school marketing people who tell me, eh, you know, I'm I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to go on Facebook. I really don't see the the need for it. And of course, the problem is they've already been passed by. They can't catch up, you know. And and I think that you know we see that in the media, we see that in businesses. When you're having to play catch up, it's just not a good thing. Now, you know, is it spooky? Is it scary? Is it time consuming? Sure. You know, I, I was talking to a business owner the other day who told me she was stopping using her social media because she had six different accounts and she was doing this and she was doing that. And poor thing, you know, she just about passed out telling me all of this stuff. And I told her, I said, okay, take a deep breath and pick one. (laughs) There's nothing that says you have to be on all these various social media sites. Pick one that works. And she looked at me and she said, really? I can do that. I said, you can do whatever you want. But she, you know, she definitely was at that overload point. And to me, that's where, you know, people really get in trouble is they either don't use it at all or they get consumed with it and then it overwhelms them. Yeah. And I, the way I do it, I will be an early adopter for all of them. You know, whatever mm-hmm. social media network comes down the line, I, I will get in there. I will get an account early so I can get my last name, Span, right. S-P-A-N-N. Mm-hmm. And I'll just kind of watch it develop. And if it develops, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. Uh, but if it develops, you, you've got the, the, the name that you want, like mm-hmm. feed and some of these other things that, you know, like kids are using. I got to reach kids in my business. You know, occasionally I'm dealing with life threatening weather and I've got to be mm-hmm. able to reach all these demographics. So I'm an early adopter. In fact, they used to laugh at me. Not only did they laugh at me, Deb, they used to laugh and point at the same time, uh, <laughs> over Twitter. 
they, mm-hmm. they call it the tweeter and, you know, you're wasting right. your time. And what's funny now, all these guys that were laughing at me, now they are just doing everything they can to plot, try and catch up. And, they, and they'll mm-hmm. never be able to do it because they got such a late start on that. Uh, right. But I, I think, you know, for me, when social media grew up in, in my world, um, we had a catastrophic tornado outbreak in, in mm-hmm. our state in April of 2011. Uh, and it's the kind of outbreak we have here about every 40 years. It's not unprecedented. And we have a lot of tornadoes here. The world thinks all the tornadoes happen in Oklahoma and Kansas because you can see them out there. We're mm-hmm. here in, in we, we're called Dixie Alley. You, you can't see them. They're typically obscured by rain. We have hills and trees and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the photogenic stuff that you see on television, but right. we have just as many as they do. And I don't like getting into who has the most. That's a, there's no winner there, but. April 27th of 2011, uh, in one day in the state, uh, we had 62 tornadoes and the death toll was 252. And I'll just Amazing. say up front, that is, that is absolutely inexcusable mm-hmm. because of the warnings that day. The, the, the early warnings that for the tornadoes were typically anywhere, the, the, the lead time, 30, in some cases, 40 minutes. You had plenty mm-hmm. of time to go to right. a safe place. Mm-hmm. This is a tornado prone area. People understand what to do and we got a lot of work to do, but whatever, we did have some success that day reaching people groups with social media that would never watch television, local television right. news. Mm-hmm. You know, college kids, they don't, they're not going to watch the, the news, you know, that, in fact, I would say most students, if you were in Tuscaloosa Saturday, those kids at the University of Alabama, I would say probably 80% of kids follow me on Twitter. But, and I would say out of that, only a half of them probably even know that I'm on television. Mm-hmm. They just right. know that it's a cultural thing to do to follow this account span on Twitter. And we <laughs> were able to reach a lot of college students because Tuscaloosa was one of the towns wiped out by mm-hmm. one of the large violent tornadoes that day. Uh, the death toll in Tuscaloosa was 53. It didn't hit the University of Alabama campus directly, but it hit many of the apartment complexes where the mm-hmm. students lived. And we have a lot of success stories from, from students that got it on Twitter and that watched our live streaming coverage via Ustream on their phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, social media is just as important as, you know, being on television. And the other beautiful thing, not only is it a mechanism for us to reach people, but it's also a way to gather information in. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, let me tell you, Deb, uh, you know, radar is great. But it's not a panacea, and the radar mm-hmm. beam can be one, two, three thousand feet off the ground. We can see violent rotation aloft, but we don't know if it's on the ground. And having eyes, even if they're not trained, having mm-hmm. eyes just looking and describing what you see, or better yet, send me a picture. Mm-hmm. And they do that, and we get it, and it is, it is cut down the number of false alarms. It has made our products and services so much better. The accuracy is so higher now during severe weather. So it's a wonderful two-way street. And social media is not perfect. You, you hear me get cranky on fa- I, I, Facebook fail on, on severe weather, but, but it's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> mm-hmm. platform. And I, the, the Facebook thing, I think we just have to understand it. And, and I'm not so sure we've done an effective job of, of letting people know that. And I'm trying to do that publicly now. You know, when, when people like me on Facebook, all those people that like me, I assure you they really don't like me. I mean, I, there are days that five people don't even like me, you know, but but it, but, but it says like 125,000 people like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. They do that to get severe weather information on their news right. feed. And, and goodness, that's why I need to listen to people like you because you understand this. But with this edge rank thing, only a small fraction of people right. actually get the warnings. And that's dangerous. That is well, very and- dangerous. 
And the tricky thing is, you know, there there are ways for people to set up uh, so that they get a notification anytime a page goes out, but that's not the default. So people have to learn how to do that. What gets confusing is, and and this is something now that Facebook is is doing more and more of, is when something happens on a page, it will bring up an old post. So, you know, you might have posted it's safe or take cover or something like that, and it comes up hours later and if somebody's not paying attention and reading, you know, what when that was actually posted, that can be where there really is a, a danger zone. Yeah, exactly. And and, and and Twitter in a way is kinda like that because people sometimes see old tweets. We try and put timestamps right. on there, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the 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 Facebook is just a problem and really I've gone to posting much more of the severe weather information just on my account because it seems to be a little easier to opt in to receive mm-hmm. everything in your newsfeed. But we're just trying to encourage right. people is a primary source. Please use a smartphone app. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm at Weather Radio, My Warn. These are apps that are designed. They have the infrastructure to provide warnings based on the Polygon mm-hmm. warning system. If you're in the Polygon, you get the warning. And if you're not, you don't. You can pick what mm-hmm. type warnings you receive. You can program in fixed locations. Those are marvelous apps. And, and of course, we know that not everybody can afford those. And for right. lower mm-hmm. income families, there's weather radio. There's, there's a lot of ways to get the warnings. Social media is a supplemental way of getting additional mm-hmm. information about the warnings. And, uh, and we're trying to get people to really focus on Twitter and Google Plus. And, and again, you know, both of those have their limitations too, but it's, it just seems like Facebook takes out so much of our content mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's scary. So I, right. I'm not a big fan of, plat- of, of Facebook as a severe weather dissemination platform. I do like Facebook as a way for us to get information back because the reports are just excellent. And where we are, mm-hmm. don't know if it's that, like this around the country. I would say a much higher percentage of the population has a Facebook account now uh, as opposed to Mm -hmm. Twitter. Well, and Facebook does tend to skew a little bit older demographically. So, you know, you you can reach more people there. And it really is, you know, it's a combination of those things, which I think is, is, you know, obviously what you're doing. To me, one of the, the best things is that I can then share that information. You know, so maybe I know somebody who's not connected to you, but I can share your information with my friends who, you know, and then get that information out there, whether it's, you know, that it's good weather, bad weather, or, hey, we don't have to pack the rain gear for the, the game in Tuscaloosa. Yep, exactly. And um, again, it's that's very effective. And, the, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that uh, I, I try and focus on, like you said earlier, it can be bewildering. I've got accounts for probably... 30 social media networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I focus on a few. And, and I think you need to know your market, too, because I think it's different everywhere. I, where I right. am, it seems like the younger people right now are using Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, as crazy as it is during severe weather, if I'm going to reach a 15, 16-year-old kid, I'm going to have to go to Instagram. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll post a picture of the Polygon warning and put some details in the comments section. And it's not really designed for that, but I use that because I'm reaching mm-hmm. 15 and 16 year olds. I can't reach anywhere else. Right. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why that's the hip thing. And they, they are fickle. You know, it, it'll be something different, you know, in the spring oh, or next in six year. Months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have to work hard to find those guys that, that 12 to 24 demographic, that is a hard reach. Uh, but, but I use that, uh, you know, we're, we're using Google plus we're using Skype. We're using Twitter. Uh, some of the other stuff during, and understand during severe weather days, I am busy. I mean, in the mm-hmm. way it works with me, we are an aggressive 
uh, television coverage market, if there's a tornado warning for any county, I don't care if it's 80 miles away, if it's in my DMA or the designated market area, we mm-hmm. are going on the air and we're staying on the air. We're sorry, but if you're trying to watch some soap opera or whatever, you just can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm on television. If you, if you go to YouTube and watch any of my coverage, you know, just search James Spann on YouTube. I mean, you, you'll see piles of coverage over the years. I've always got a computer in front of me on the green wall. Mm-hmm. And that computer serves a very important purpose, but part of obviously what it's doing, that's how we communicate, you know, via social media. I've got everything up there. We've got chat sessions with weather service offices and our, you know, trained spotters. And it's like an air traffic controller, but I'm having to do that while being on the air. And that can be a challenge. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, but one of the things I, I try and remind the television folks is that we've got to make eye contact. I'm right. horrified by how many television weather people are hiding now behind the equipment. You never Mm -hmm. see them. And we've learned that eye contact is very important. Being on that green wall is very important. Your body language, your eye contact, Mm -hmm. that's an important part of the communication process. And and you just have to take a computer over there with you. And and I've got a computer and I've got an iPad. We have a radar system that we control on the iPad. uh, But that enables me to work social media while I'm on the air and do it all Mm -hmm. in real time. Well, and the whole eye contact thing, that helps build that trust. You know, if, if somebody's looking at you, you trust them. If they're looking away, you're thinking, hmm, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Well, what we did after, and again, after April 27th of 2011, the death toll was so high. And these were precious people that died. These were mm-hmm. grandmoms and these were children. These were college students. You had high income families, low income families. This affected everybody. It was an incredible humanitarian disaster. And I thought the death toll should have been 30. There there were 30 cases where it was your day. There was nothing you could do. Mm -hmm. So we we needed help. And and I think, you know, it was good for us. We we went through a lot of phases of grief and all these emotions, but we've got to the phase where we're going to roll our sleeves up and let's see what went wrong. So we went to Mm -hmm. behavioral science experts, those experts in social science, and they did a deep, deep, deep study for over a year. Mm-hmm. Got the information back, and we are stronger than ever now. We know more than we never knew before, and we're taking that information. And part of the information we learned, Deb, is the fact that you've got to be on that wall. You've got to make right. eye contact. So that's just mm-hmm. part of what we learned. Great. So we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about more about you know how we spread that information, how we can help people like you spread that information. Um, as I mentioned, I'm from Colorado, and so I've been – glued to social media in the last couple of weeks because of the flooding that has has taken place out there. So when we come back, let's talk about that. But we also want to talk about a lot of the fun things that you do. So uh, I am Deb Creer, the socialite, talking with James Spann on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart Nothing says, I love you, more than milehighradio.com. Real life isn't like TV. Bad guys don't read scripts. When a crisis occurs, only solid training will be enough to potentially save your life and the life of your family. At Duty to Act, 
Owned and operated by Navy SEAL Jimmy Graham, our focus is to make sure you have all the training you need to be the first and last line of defense against unwanted intruders. Duty to Act is a professional defense company that offers the best training in the world to prepare individuals to protect themselves and their family members against real-world threats of today. The Close Quarters Defense System is the world's best and most proven real-world defense system. Its foundation has been taught to our nation's most elite operators for the past two decades. Other classes we offer are active shooter response, home defense, women's defense, and more. Now it's your turn. To find out more or to sign up for classes, find us online at dutytoact.com. That's dutytoact.com. Or call 720-644-7552. Remember, the life you save may be your own. Hi, Chris here from Yumbana Gluten-Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or worse when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. YumbanaShop.com. And we are back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am talking with James Spann, the major award-winning winner. Uh, he is a chief meteorologist for Birmingham's ABC 3340. And we've been talking about how James uses social media to get the word out on bad weather, good weather, fun stuff, bad stuff to the masses because James has hundreds of thousands of followers on various social media. And so welcome back, James. Oh, I'm glad to be here. That you guys are playing. Thank you for having a friend by Andrew Gold. I haven't heard that in a long time. Wow. Well, I, you know, when, when I when was I was fun a kid, when I picked my bumper music because I got to pick friend songs. See, when when I, when I was a kid, I worked at a radio station and I played ah. rock and roll music in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those songs were the soundtrack of my life. Nice. I started when I was in high school. When I was in engineering, uh, I played rock and roll music, so I, I hear that stuff, and, and that, that's that's pretty cool. And it's also nice not having a camera on here I staring bet. at me, you know. <laughs> well, this, and, this and is, James, this is great. To, to hear more, you'll just have to listen to Mile High Radio in your spare time. You know that those one or two minutes that you have here and there. Oh yeah, no. I, I what's sad? I really don't listen to commercial radio much anymore, mm-hmm. which is horrible because I work like for twenty seven radio stations, but. Uh, Generally speaking, and, and I drive a lot. I, I speak in schools every day, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I've got the, you know the Bluetooth thing where my phone is connected, and I'm listening to stuff like this. I know this mm-hmm. this is my routine here. 
it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so before the break, we were talking about how to get that message out. And I mentioned the fact that I am from Colorado. I moved to Atlanta just last year. So I still have so many friends and family members that live in the areas that have been directly affected by the flooding. And it, it was very difficult for me to be out here, you know, and, and be away from them because in some cases they were out of touch. You know, they had no power, you know, all of those various things. So I didn't know how they were. So I turned to social media, you know, which was scary because I was seeing pictures of roads that were completely gone and hearing stories about say Lyons, Colorado, which has been almost obliterated by floodwaters. And, and now I have most of my, my husband's family is in Sterling, Colorado, which was downstream and, and received all of the effects of all that flooding when it came down. So to me, social media was my lifeline, you know, and, and I followed not only media, um, you know, you might know Mike Nelson, who is with Channel 7 out in, in uh, Denver. He had some fabulous reports. Some of the, the other uh, media outlets had great reports. But I also was just looking at the, the pictures and things that, that individuals were posting. And so it's, it's exactly what you were saying before. That's how we're getting our news now is not from that person that is behind the camera once or twice a day. It's from everybody. Right. And, and breaking news is kind of a different situation. You know, for the traditional evening news, you know, good evening, This is the, mm-hmm. that stuff's going away. Right. During breaking news, it's different. It's a split screen thing. We've learned through social science studies that at least here – uh, during weather disasters like the flooding, people will be locked in on, on television, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they have in their hand their fancy phone right. or a tablet, and they are working social media. So mm-hmm. it, it is a dual-screen experience, and we have to be on both of those screens. Uh, and, and for us, we have to be on the television. Uh, we have to have you know the helicopter stuff. We have to have the Skycam stuff. We have to have the Storm Spotter stuff. It is very hard expensive, long-hour, nonstop work. But we're going to make that happen because people still demand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a lot of people, that they'll watch it via Ustream or the live stream on their device. But most people still watch it on television. Mm-hmm. But they will have in their hands social media, and it's a wonderful compliment because let, let's say, like in my case on April 27, 2011, at any given time, I, in some cases, I had five tornadoes on the ground at the same time, five. Oh, incredible. And I can only do one at a time. And, yeah, we can go to split screens and all that, but that's not that very effective. So, mm-hmm. you know, people can look at radar on their phone. They can look at social media reports. If I'm not talking about the one they're concerned about, they can look at it on that second screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a wonderful supplement, and most all of the information is excellent. But every once in a while, you got the bonehead that circulates the, you know, He'll pick out some picture off Google Images from 30 years ago right. and claim mm-hmm. it's a tornado and claim it's a flood. Yes, we just have to be aware that's going to happen. But generally speaking, the information is excellent. And for us, Deb, the fact that everybody has a camera phone now, goodness gracious. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, and for you, you're you're in Atlanta watching the floods and Mm -hmm. people are taking images and they're sending them out. You really don't need to say much. The image says it all. And Mm -hmm. uh, it sure helps us on television because, again, it helps us discern, do we have a tornado? Is it a wall cloud? Is it a rotating mm-hmm. wall cloud? Are there striations in the wall cloud? Is there a rear flank downdraft? Joe Q. Public doesn't need to know about this stuff, but right. by looking at pictures, mm-hmm. we can we can kind of determine that. Uh, so it's a wonderful two-way street, and with the cameras and the videos, and you know, even things like Vine. I mean, you know, Vine has become very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I a six-second mention- video tells the whole story. 
Yeah, I didn't mention that in my first list of ones I really focus on, but I probably should have included Vine because six seconds of video, it enables us to see if a wall cloud is in rotation. It enables us to see if there's debris on the ground, if, if things mm-hmm. are being lofted. You don't take a lot of bandwidth sending that out. Uh, you know, it's easy to, you know, dump it out on Twitter, but some people just kind of leave it on Vine. So the spanned Vine account, I, I don't send out a lot of those. I'm, I'm not a big six second video guy, but weather takes longer than six seconds, but it's wonderful during situations like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, the the thing that is is critical is the fact that, you know, if we've got bad weather, you know, whether it's snow in Colorado, which they had the flooding two weeks ago, and now, yes, it is snowing there. Um, now, higher in the mountains, not in, in Denver where the station is based, but, you know, fall has, has arrived in Colorado. But whether it's snow, whether it's bad clouds, if you have something like uh, Dish Network or DirecTV, you might lose your signal. So, you know, you've been tuned to it to see what's going on. Oh, now, all of a sudden, you don't have anything. So you're going to turn to your smartphone. Maybe you've completely lost power. You know, I also have family members who uh, live near Joplin, Missouri. And when those tornadoes hit, the only thing that some of these people had with them was their phone. And so they were able to tweet. They were able to post on Facebook. We're okay. And to me, that was priceless. And I think sometimes people forget that when there's been an, a a natural disaster that has happened in an area, whether it's a tornado, a flood, you know, big uh, snowstorm, things like that. Just let your friends know, you know, take the two seconds, send a, a tweet out. Hey, we're fine. Help spread the word. Because that to me was where I worried the most, especially with this flooding in Colorado. I didn't know who was safe and who wasn't. Right. And, and the one thing to remember, Deb, you know, you're exactly right. But during a big tornado, cell service can go down and there can be data outages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the one thing I, I know that some people that tried to do that, but their message never went through until the next right. day or something. Mm-hmm. So as, as we use that, that's something ham radio is still very important for that very right. reason. Mm-hmm. But no, you're right. It, you know, uh, health and welfare traffic. I'm OK. And, and even you know what, Deb, we've been talking about bad weather. But, hey, when the weather's good. Let me oh, tell you something. Uh, in the, within the last 24 hours, what's really been cool to see, the fall color images are mm-hmm. flowing in. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. You know, and... y- yesterday was the beginning of fall. Mm-hmm. Uh happened at uh, 4.33 Eastern, and mm-hmm. uh, this is now the official fall season. And uh, even in my state, I'm down here in the deep south. We're at the southern end of the Appalachians, and we're getting some mm-hmm. nice colors in the foothills and had some nice shots of the, the Aspens in Colorado yesterday. Uh, to, to me, that's... That's just, you know, we're not worried about tornadoes or flooding. We're getting the good stuff. There's a lot of good Mm -hmm. stuff that can be shared, too. Well, and, you know, that's something business owners should remember, too, is, you know, sometimes we do turn to social media if there's been a problem. But tell people the good stuff. You know, if you were a business owner and you won an award or you've got a new product or service, send that out there, too. You know, we want to hear the good and the bad. Yep. And uh, there's so many good things. And, you know, we, we do, and just to give you an idea of some other things we've kind of started doing, we, we've been doing a show on the Internet like this for eight years. And it's not mm-hmm. designed for you because you're not a weather weenie. This is designed for <laughs> real weather weenies, mm-hmm. people that, that are really serious into weather. They, they read computer models, and, I mean, they're deep into it. it. It's a niche audience, and we started doing it uh, as a podcast uh, eight years ago called mm-hmm. Weather Brains. Mm-hmm. Well, we, 
the general manager of the TV station wanted to expand it and just started to do videos, so he wanted to carry it on our digital weather channel. All TV stations have the big high-def stream, mm-hmm. the, the main channel, but they have multiple standard-definition channels. Right. A lot of stations in weather-prone markets have a digital weather channel, which we have, where there's just mm-hmm. 24-hour weather. It's automated. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to carry our show live on the digital weather channel. I'm thinking, all right, oh, this, is mm-hmm. this is weird. This is weird. Because we've been doing this, you know, like this with no pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just our little creative outlet. We were never serious about it, although a lot of people started listening to it. But we made the conversion to using Google Plus Hangouts ah. to do the show, mm-hmm. and that is a wonderful resource. And, and, and you know, the thing about it, you don't need a two thousand foot tower and a no. transmitter to to do good quality video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've got the platform here for free. You don't mm-hmm. have to buy a switcher. In most computer, you know, nice computers have really nice cameras built in, mm-hmm. and with good. And the key is good lighting and good audio. I mean, you, mm-hmm. half the problem is these. You know, people use bad mics or the built-in mic or the lighting is just horrible. Just take a minute and light yourself. You, know, you could go down to the Target, you know, just buy some lights, and, and it's amazing how how well you can look. And so we went to video uh, a little over a year ago, and it's worked beautifully. And, and mm-hmm. that's social media and. You know, and I think Google Plus is going to catch on. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I hear, well, it's got crickets. There's nobody over there. Well, <laughs> I get my best interaction on Google Plus with right, really because there's fewer people. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and, and the greatest thing about it so far, the trolls, haters, and know-it-alls haven't migrated over there. Mm-hmm. At some point, they probably will. But you know, if you're a business, you can produce. Really nice video presentations with people, not only in your office, but in other places around the, the country or the world. And, uh, you know, the, the Google Plus thing has worked out those hangouts. And that's another example of using it when the weather's not bad. We just do a mm-hmm. weekly show. And, right. uh, I, I know the audio side is doing over 50,000 downloads a week. It's done very, it's still an audio show at the core, wow. but, mm-hmm. but the video is growing exponentially. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's just part of this wonderful world we have out there where you can interact with your customers, your viewers, whoever. And it's really, really works well for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and of course, the cool thing about Google Plus is there's so many different ways to do the hangout. You know, you can have 10 people that are actually actively participating, you know, and it ends up looking a little bit lo- like the Brady Bunch, but, you know, so you can be interviewing people, you can have people participate, but then you can also live stream it, which is what it sounds like you do. And because Google owns YouTube, hello, remember that folks, um, you can save it and then put it on YouTube. You know, you can be, uh, uh, recording it. So it's a great tool, you know, whether you're talking about weather or a new product release or you're talking with your team of salespeople, Google Plus, those Hangouts really are invaluable. And I think more and more people are using them. I use them for committee meetings. You yeah. know, here in Atlanta, you can easily drive 45 minutes and not be somewhere, you know, not be at your, your location yet. So we have committee meetings that way because it's a 30-minute committee meeting. You know, who wants to drive an hour and a half when, you're, you know, when we can easily just sit at our computers and participate that way? Right. And you're right about YouTube. You know, there's no limitations on how many people can watch that live stream. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for some of those services initially, you could bog those things down. But with YouTube, the, the bandwidth is unlimited. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing we do, people ask me this all the time. They say, well, how come you guys, uh, you know, start recording on YouTube during the pre-show? You know, the pre-show, this where you get everybody online and mm-hmm. you get them connected. We, Actually, some of the most interesting content is during the pre-show. Right. Mm-hmm. One of one of the guys that I really like, uh, he's a friend, uh, is a guy named Leo Laporte. 
Uh, Leo has a, uh, Leo was on tech TV for years and tech TV went away and he started doing some shows. And Leo's got a nationally syndicated radio show, but he started doing some shows in the podcast format. And, uh, his first show was this week in tech and he developed other technology shows and he started calling it the twit network. And all of a sudden it's a multi-million dollar business. They have a studio in Petaluma that's uh, north mm-hmm. of San Francisco. But to me, some of the most interesting stuff on Leo's network, it, he streams everything. You see the guests coming in, they're setting up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they say some really interesting stuff. And, and, and we just thought that it lets people see our personality. It lets us see who we are. So if you mm-hmm. watch Weather Brains on YouTube, you're going to see the, the 10 minutes before the show we're setting up. And I, to me, I just think that's interesting. It's being transparent. You're building relationships. People can see who you really are. But uh, the, the format is so well. And they've added within the last week, all of a sudden last week, guess what showed up in, in that hangout room? Viewer questions. Mm-hmm. So now people can submit questions. Of course, we got a chat room and all this anyway, but right. now mm-hmm. people that are watching on Google Plus, they can submit questions if they're watching straight on Google Plus. So it just seems to get better and better and it's a nice mm-hmm. stable platform now. So, uh, that's, and, and that is social, Google Plus is social media and that's another great resource that some people maybe don't know this out there. I love it. Um, I especially love it for the images. You know, whatever they have done there, the images are so much richer and bigger and you know uh, the the sunset pictures and things like that are just fabulous when you see them on google plus yeah i'll be honest with you deb you know storing pictures online that's a we could do two shows on that or three or four Mm -hmm. but you know and i've got all i've got everything i got a Flickr account and all this other stuff but i honestly have started storing all of my images online with google plus right partly because if you've got that app on your phone, it automatically backs up everything mm-hmm. to Google+. And it's all private. Nobody sees it but you. Mm-hmm. But this, you don't do anything. It just backs it up, and it's always there. And th- they do have the auto enhancement if you choose to use that. They've even got this auto awesome thing. Like if you're taking a whole lot of pictures in a similar setting back to back to back to back, it makes an animated GIF of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really nice. And so, and if I need to share the, like the image of the sunset images from Bryant Denny Stadium, uh, I picked 65 of the best ones, and mm-hmm. they're up on Google+. And I link to that, you know, for the Twitter people and the Facebook people to come over on Google+, and take a look. It's, it's, just, it's a better presentation. Mm-hmm. They, right. they do the, uh, the, the the enhancements with the images, and it just, it's just it's great. So for now, Google+, is my online photo storage place. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny. I should have taken a picture because since we were the visiting team at the game – I think we were nine rows from the top. <laughs> you know, it's it's a nice stadium, and as people said, there were no bad views. They were just tiny little players down there, but we did have a spectacular view of that sunset. Yeah, you, you should have come down. The, the, the problem is I've got a really nice place, but I don't get the nice view of the sunset. I, uh, <laughs> by, by nature of doing those updates and doing weather mm-hmm. support for the college, I, I'm working out of a skybox, one of those luxury mm-hmm. boxes, which is really nice. Uh, but honestly, I really don't get a chance to watch much of the game because we're so busy doing other right. things mm-hmm. in there. But I, I honestly did not know the sunset was that good. Uh, in fact, uh, I was getting ready to go in and, and, and record the update. Typically, we record it, uh, and I looked down at Twitter, and Twitter was just blowing up. You know, mm-hmm. and when Twitter blows up and it's the span account, it's either something really good or it's something right. really bad. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh oh, I hope nothing bad <laughs> has happened. happened. Mm-hmm. An explosion, you know, is something. Because obviously weather wasn't a problem, but it was this, mm-hmm. it was these sunset images and, and it took my breath away. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of this stuff was amazing. And so, uh, you know, I just stopped and, and went back out there and, and redid the, the video and I stuck mm-hmm. in all these uh, images that people had sent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, 
that's an example of knowing exactly what's going on by glancing at the Twitter stream. And, right. and the other thing, too, people ask me, why do you follow so many people on Twitter? Uh, I fo- With Twitter's API limits, you can't follow everybody now. Mm-hmm. But I follow, I don't know, over 50,000, at least over half of them, that I think mm-hmm. are real people. Because to me, number one, it shows you want to be engaged with them. Mm-hmm. And number two, I can glance at that stream at any time and get a real sense for what's what's happening. I've seen so many TV weather people, that they're, they're, they're bragging, well, I've got 4,000 followers. And I'll say, well, how many people do you follow? And he'll say five. Well, you're sending a message to the world that you're a jerk. I mean, mm-hmm. you really you didn't want, care. Yeah, you, you want everybody to hear your big fat mouth running, but you're mm-hmm. not going to listen to anybody else. That's horrible. So. I try and follow everybody back that I can that's a real person, you know, not one of these spam bots or anything. Mm-hmm. And just by glancing at the timeline, just the general timeline of the people I follow, it, it gives you a really good feel for what's going on, not only where I am, but around the world. It's, it's really interesting. Well, and, of course, when you follow them back, you can direct message them. So, you know, right. maybe they send a picture, but they didn't provide a, a location. You know, so then you can quick send them a note and say, hey, where was this? Then you've got that information so you can can send it back out. Right. And I use lists. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm a TweetBot guy. Every, everybody's got their favorite Twitter client, but I use mm-hmm. TweetBot. I, I'm a Mac person. I'm not a PC guy. So TweetBot has a Mac client, and it's also got clients for the iPhone and the iPad, and it's all synced. You know, you kind of, right. everything's mm-hmm. going to be the same. And I use lists extensively. And, and it's mm-hmm. in a way, it's like the old TweetDeck, uh, but they really work on that. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that Twitter doesn't cut them off. At some point, but uh, by using lists, uh, that's how I really mm-hmm. get the job done. I, you know, right. I got news and weather and all this other stuff and uh, search mm-hmm. terms, and uh, it's a very effective client for me. Well, and you know, business owners should use that too because they could have a list for their clients, they could have a list for potential clients, their competitors, you know, industry people, all those various things. Then they're not having to scroll through and try to search and find a post. You know, they, they've had those key terms in there, all of those various things. You know, Facebook's getting a little better with that, but Twitter is is definitely still the king of being able to to search and find exactly what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. And I love the circle thing on Google+. Plus. It's kind of the same thing. In fact, the nice thing about it, you can share your circles. And I guess you can share it on Twitter, too, if you wanted to see my list. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the circle thing works out really nicely. I've got a really nice weather circle. I mean, if you want a nice source of good quality weather people, these are professional meteorologists, uh, entities, universities, uh, check out my weather circle on, on Google+. Plus. You, you, mm-hmm. you keep that and just check it. If you want to see if there's something going on, it's got some very good information. And in a way, a lot of this has replaced the RSS reader. Now, I still use right. mm-hmm. RSS. I use Feedly. You know, when Google Reader went away, mm-hmm. everybody freaked out and panicked. Well, I, I, I like Feedly, but there's some other mm-hmm. good alternatives out there. But in a way, if you do it right, social media can be your RSS reader. Just follow the mm-hmm. same news organizations that you have in the RSS reader, and it's basically mm-hmm. the same products and services that you know, can look even prettier, like on Google+. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, amazingly, James, we are out of time. You know, Definitely I have to have you on again because you have so much great information, um, you know, and, and it, it's, it's been fabulous talking with you, especially because you have embraced this technology so much. So before we go, how do people connect with you? Okay, on, uh, on our show is Weather Brains. If you ever want to see what we look like, which can be very scary, it's a bunch of weather geeks, and that is not designed <laughs> for joke you public. But if you're a weather weenie, you'll love Weather Brains. Just uh, weatherbrains.com. On Twitter, I'm Span. My, my last name has two N's, uh, S-P-A-N-N. 
Uh, if you follow me, uh, you'll see a lot of really cool sunrise and sunset shots, uh, a lot of weather stuff, uh, some local stuff from my market. It was pretty interesting follow. Uh, Facebook, just search for James Spann. And on Google+, Plus, I'm James Spann, uh, two N's. And I'm still waiting on my short I, I, you know, URL on Google+, Plus, which hasn't happened yet. Which is kind of surprising that they haven't embraced that because, you know, there's, there's shorteners that you can use, but Google Plus hasn't done it themselves. Yeah, but some chosen people have it, like Jeff Jarvis and some of these mm-hmm. guys, but maybe one day I'll get that. But just search out James Spann on Google Plus and, uh, on Instagram, I'm Span Picks, S-P-A-N-N-P-I. X and, and what I what I've done there I put the best of the best from all those social media sites sunrise sunsets whatever over there it's a gorgeous nice. gallery on yeah good good well James thank you so much you know I know how busy you are you're off I believe you said to to go to an elementary school that's got to be so much fun to go talk to kids about you know all the weather stuff because they get so caught up in it they think it's oh very yeah cool. th- you, you give me you give me a bunch of third graders in a gym I light them up like a Christmas tree that's fun. <laughs> I love it. So thank you so much. My guest next week is Peter Shankman. So that will be a lot of fun. We'll be talking with him about, I'm sure, a variety of subjects. Be sure to follow James if you are in the Atlanta area. I love following James because we're about two hours east of there, almost straight east. So I figure, okay, well, if he's talking about it's raining in Birmingham now, it's probably going to be raining in Atlanta a couple hours later. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And as I said, we figured out what, what gear to wear when we went to that game in, in Tuscaloosa. Glad my CSU Rams, you know, didn't do, uh, you know, it wasn't a blowout. They, hey, were they a played very a, they played game. a great, great game. That was a good was game fun, those guys you know, played. Yeah. And, and, you know, kudos to the fans in Tuscaloosa. They made us, you know, I had my CSU shirt on. They made us feel welcome. You know, they, they were very nice, very courteous, very much Southern hospitality, which is exactly what we just got from James. You know, thank you so much for coming on. And until next time, everybody connect online and make sure that you follow me. Easy way is just to go to www.debcreer.com and you'll find all my social media sites there. So have a great week. Hopefully, James, it's a quiet weather week for you and you can get you know a lot of fun things done and a lot more sunset pictures to post. That's a great time of the year. Thanks, Deb. I enjoyed it. Great. Thank you, everyone. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.